and welcome back to another edition of SNJ in Conversation uh, with me, Tanya Tiroro, and we're back with Anne Heavey, Director of Whole School Send, and also joined by Renata. Hello, welcome back, Anne. Pleasure, thank you for having me. So Anne's here today to talk about another aspect of her work. She's recently taken over as head of the SEND Specialist Curriculum for Oak Academy, which um, as you may know, was the online school that um, set up speedily at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it's now been funded by government to provide 10,000 lessons. Um, and it began without any send offer at all, um, which you know, in the haste is kind of understandable. But it soon included um, some, a small level of, of send, um, mainly for those with more severe learning disabilities. Many parents have been um, feeling that, that the regular lessons aren't really um, suitable differentiation style um, for SEND learners, which is quite a task when you consider the, um, how many children with SEND there are out there, how many different ways they have of learning. So, so Anne, how are you approaching your role? Um, can Oak offer a real um, alternative for children with different levels of SEND, um, including those with sensory impairments? can it ever provide a blended alternative? I, I, I really think this is an important question because what we're not trying to achieve is, because I don't think we can achieve it, is to replace school. What we're trying to build is a resource bank and I'm using the word trying because we're constantly refining and trying to improve. Um, but what we're trying to do is build an online resource bank that can be drawn on by schools, by families to enrich what's already there. and I think for those families that have drawn on this when maybe there isn't anything else there at the moment, um, I'm really hearing and, and thinking on and, try, and trying to find a way around some of those points around differentiation, which I'd like to come back to in a second. Um, but what we're, what we're trying to do is offer resources that will fit in with as many school curriculums as possible. Um, so they can be deployed um, to families, to children, um, who whether they're shielding or um, self-isolating or unable to come in for any reason. I think what we discovered around SCND was really complex. So the idea of a separate send offer was something we didn't want to do. We wanted to try and build as inclusive features into as much of the mainstream core offer as possible, rather than suggest that all pupils with a form of SCND need something else. So some of the elements that we did to to try and achieve that was making sure we had subtitles added, that we used British Sign Language, that we had really well-designed, inclusive slides that could um, work for as many um, children with vision impairment as possible, um, that we had very clear sequence explanations within lessons so that the delivery of content was paced well, and um, the use of pause points could really allow children to take time to complete tasks that they were either really into and wanted to extend or to take a little bit of extra time to work on if they needed to um, and that they could also rewind content and rewatch it which in a traditional classroom that's something you wish you could do you wish you could kind of have yourself stored somewhere and a child could rewind um, as they need to um, but what can't we do you know we we can't catch issues that come up in real time in these underlying on-demand lessons you know the, the teacher has recorded these in their evenings and weekends and spare time when they're not with their classes um, 
so they're not there in real time in the home. Um, it's really difficult to track kind of the actual learning you get from engaging with one of these lessons because it is a resource. You know, we're calling them lessons, but they are their resources, really. Um, and we, we can't replace, in terms of differentiation, the individual knowledge the teacher know, needs to have around that child. So to make that broader mainstream offer as inclusive as possible, we think SENCOs and teachers need to be looking at that content and then making the adaptations to it before it goes home to be used by families and talking to the families about actually what is working and what isn't because we you can't replace that in an online bank um, i hope we never can actually um, to some extent because i think that real human connection and relationship and knowledge is important um, but we're not pretending to and as i said earlier i think that is that probably means that if you are using our um, resource as the only home education it probably feels like it's not good enough at the moment because we're not trying to be a virtual school even though we're called the oak national academy um but we, we are a resource bank so um we're trying very hard to keep tweaking the mainstream offer to make sure it is more relevant to more pupils um so in the lessons we're about to um, launch that are being filmed as we speak um we're removing all reference to the to the year group that the content is aimed at so you'll be able to deploy the lessons to any child that is working on that content without perhaps the stigma of being sent work from a different that's pitched at a different age of child um which might be disheartening um but i'm, I'm not naive about the fact that it probably could do more and i think we need to think about the blended offer more in the round in terms of online one-to-one -one tuition um, uh, looking at some of the options that are coming forward and encouraging more of that adaptation of existing resources that schools are sending home I, I think there's been very little conversation about how you actually make remote learning as accessible as possible um, and that's been really neglected in this time which actually I don't think is on but um, moving forward accessible differentiated remote learning is a, is a massive area of priority for us um it's obviously this has been quite a process for you um you know building the site and putting resources together and um, what do you think that you've learned specifically about delivering send education remotely from this process um and how do you think that can help teachers um looking towards remotely producing content for their children in the future so um, one of the biggest lessons we learned was that um, particularly for pupils that normally be in specialist settings um, um, due to um, cognition and learning or communication interaction needs, um, creating video content that was aimed at the child to engage with independently um, wasn't very successful and was quite difficult for children to remain engaged with in a meaningful way. And actually risked at times being kind of edutainment rather than education so what the specialist resources that i'm responsible for um, and overseeing um, seek to do is something a bit different so we've completely changed our approach um, for the latest batch of content in that we are creating videos slide packs um, something we're calling recipe cards at the moment but we might call something else um, when they're finished um, which help create a learning environment in the home for the family 
So we're actually looking at creating resources that schools can use with parents, with siblings, to create an authentic learning experience at home with um, objects that you will have around the home so that you can develop things like numeracy together um, rather than expect the video to kind of work for every child. Um, and that's been quite a difficult shift and um, thinking about how we make sure we are not making assumptions about what a family will have to hand. because We don't want anyone to have to go out and get anything that's completely against the point of what we're trying to achieve. But also, how do you teach things like creative arts, numeracy and communication and language authentically and well um, in this medium? Um, so we're enjoying that challenge. And um, actually, I'd really like to hear from any um, users who, who have a look at it when it comes out, if you think we've hit the mark or not. Um, but that, that was the biggest learning is the kind of traditional video, recorded video learning wouldn't work. We've also added in physical development lessons and an additional therapeutic offer of um, sensory integration because we had a lot of feedback from families that they were very worried that the limited sensory diet during this period could be a barrier to returning to school in September. So we're hoping by in introducing that new therapeutic element that we can provide something that will be useful for the families to draw on to prepare their youngsters to go back to school. So you're hoping that it's going to be continuing to be used during the summer. Um, and it seemed to have been started out just by a group of teachers getting together and putting something out. But um, with your involvement and with the government money, it has developed. Um, so is it, is it becoming part of the government's offer or, or how has it developed since the early days? So it started as a kind of grassroots whatsapp group i think um i wasn't involved in that very first um, um iteration but i think um a, a, a group of um teachers and leaders that had some capacity um wanted to offer something to the sector to help where there wasn't the same capacity and as i, I think you've alluded to the specialist offer sort of came a couple of weeks behind and um we built up a head of steam um we've got immense support from the um special schools teaching school network um, who are providing teachers from across the country to feed into this um, project. I think it's I think it's for the year ahead, we just don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't know if there's going to be local lockdown, children shielding, a second spike, an extended first spike, etc. So at the moment it's there as something to be drawn on as schools are, you know, trying to get every child back in in September, which we probably all have a view on and trying to manage running the school safely for, for all pupils whilst also dealing with the fact that they might have staff or pupils that are shielding that are out and um, perhaps affected by a local lockdown and it's there for schools to draw on if it's helpful for families to draw on if it's helpful no one has to use it um no one has to like it even um but um it's just there to kind of make sure there's some support in terms of longer term i think that's difficult. Um, I've learned a lot about copyright in this time and getting permissions for things and a lot of that is time limited um, due to a lot of goodwill during COVID. So I think the kind of very long term um, kind of role of the project is up in the air. But one of the things I found very interesting and um, 
felt quite privileged to be part of is actually, I'm sure your listeners are aware, there isn't a national curriculum for special schools. There isn't um, a lot of kind of national agreement about what what that curriculum looks like. And actually having that opportunity to draw teachers um, and parents connected to different schools together to share actually what should, what could we do with the resource we have here? What is a common core we could do has been really rewarding and trying to find some common language when subjects are called really different things and the way kind of knowledge is grouped together and should we have age specific content? Should we have developmental um, stages? What should we call those? How do we pitch this content? I don't think we'd have ever had that discussion um, without something like this because schools kind of have their thing and run with it. Um, but I, I think hopefully from a more policy point of view, it's the start of um, kind of getting under the skin of what is our national expectation for the curriculum in special schools and what should it look like? And, you know, re recognising the, the massive diversity of pupils within those schools, I think it is helpful to develop a common language. So selfishly, I, I, I hope that's the start of something, but I don't think we finished it. I think we've just shown it's possible to start the conversation. Um, from a usability point of view, um, do you think that the website is easy for parents of children with special educational needs to use? Um, I mean, I had a look around the site and at the moment on the homepage, uh, you've got a button that says for pupils with, with additional needs, please select specialist to follow our specialist curriculum. And then when you click through, um, what you're seeing is options that are mainly based around life skills and therapies. Um, and obviously the majority of children have a much more diverse curriculum um, than this. And I know you've said that they, you're trying to incorporate these more into sort of like what's on offer for everyone else. But that's not necessarily apparent um, for you know, parents who are visiting your site. So um, rather than kind of like putting out something that perhaps gives the impression that you have quite low expectations for children with special educational needs. How are you going to make your site more user-friendly for those parents who are, who are going on there looking for um, sort of like some support for their child's curriculum? Completely agree with everything you've just said, by the way. Um, I think we're, well, we're gonna change how the information is presented quite significantly. So it should be much easier to navigate and to search by different subject areas and different starting points within the curriculum. Um, we've tailored the content to three starting points, um, which was really difficult to agree, but I think being able to kind of pick out those different levels will make it easier. And I, I mean, as you've, as you've said, it is quite difficult at the moment to kind of zone in on the content that's there and see everything. Um, so improving the navigation and the clarity is there. And the curriculum maps for what we're hoping to put out are also available for anyone to download and have a look at. So you'll be able to see the, the content of the lessons and the units that we're putting together and cherry pick the bits that are most appropriate. But yeah, if people can't find our content, then we can't expect them to use it. So have you considered um, being able to cross-reference? So if people are looking for specific support needs, actually they can then find you know examples of lessons perhaps that um have sign uh, sign uh, interpretation with them uh, so they can perhaps search using those functions yeah we're looking at um increasing the kind of the tag function so you can kind of select the filters and the tags that you need um 
I think it's safe to say that we're still kind of at, a, at building at pace point of view. So I'm looking forward to snagging kind of what actually is produced because it's still in, in the kind of wireframe situation. But um, yeah, we're looking at, at trying to make it as searchable and as usable as possible. And I think we, you know, this is classic, isn't it? You, you try and slot a specialist offer into a mainstream offer and you find the structures don't quite work and surprise um it, it didn't it didn't work as well as it might but um we we're we're, we're trying to refine it moving forward um so, yeah. what kind of feedback have you had because you said you've had feedback from parents um so and, and for example how are you i mean there's lots of other resources the government's got its own list of resources including the bbc bite size that a lot of parents mm. have been using that how can you for example you know have a lesson and say want to know more about this you know find it there is that kind of the kind of thinking yeah. that's going on and what are parents telling you so um on on that kind of cross-posting point we're trying not to replicate content that already exists because that's not a good good resource and also trying to just credit people for what they've done appropriately and and and, and drive attention to that um so the feedback has been um quite interesting so we had feedback that'd be really useful for our, our materials to be downloadable and um, so they could be edited and i see that as a really important element to make the whole um curriculum more accessible um, because I think that will enable teachers and, and families to make um, tweaks that are very specific to their context and their child. Um, and at the moment, it is because it's sort of on demand, it's, it's limited by that. Um, copyright for download is, is interesting. Um, we've learned a lot um, in, in getting permissions, but we're working on it really hard. Um, we also heard that, you know, in, in the initial model, we we're putting out lessons on a weekly basis. So the content for the week ahead would drop on the start of the week and and so on and that that really wasn't flexible enough for families and schools to see what was coming and to plan and so we're dropping the whole year's content um over the summer ready for september so it will all be there um and we're kind of i have a tracker kind of as every lesson pings off and is completed kind of seeing the journey toward that and um, so that was important um feedback other feedback we had was that um, the kind of sequencing of material needed to be much clearer to see the kind of progression route. Um, so we've worked in our curriculum plans to make sure that it's kind of clear what the learning journey is going to be throughout each unit. So you can start at a point that's most relevant, but also start at the unit that's most relevant. You don't have to start with lesson one and follow it through. Um, and then specifically from families, we heard that a lot of siblings were working together um, on the specialist content, which is why we made that tweak from kind of just producing the material um, with the, the child to, to watch and engage with on their own to actually making it a more interactive learning experience because that's the feedback we had that actually um, the parent, the sibling, the carer was expecting to support the child through the activity. So we've tried to put in guidance notes on, on how to make things easier or harder or where to look next, where, to, where it might lead into the, the wider mainstream offer or across our offer. Um, and tried to think about it 
as being kind of not trying to recreate the classroom at home but um, use the home environment as a, as a learning space. I mean, talking of schools going back in September, um, obviously there'll be thousands of children with special educational needs and disabilities still at home, either because of health reasons or anxiety or because they simply don't have provision in order for them to go to school. Um, is the Oak Academy specifically preparing for this um, as part you know, of what you'll be offering in September? Has, the, has this need being considered specifically or is the content you produce just generally for all children so I think we're trying to do both we're trying to make sure there's enough there for everyone that needs it um I think one of the pieces of feedback we had we early on looked at the user rates of, of different content that we um were creating and the content we created at the early development um level we weren't seeing a huge amount of uptake initially so we were actually thinking at one point of dropping um, that moving forward but then when we spoke to families and spoke to schools we realized that that was the content that was going to be most essential for pupils that were staying at home and that we actually had to um, increase the energy and output that we were putting there to make sure that there was enough to create a rich and meaningful offer at home if it was needed um, so certainly on the specialist side, we're, we're really kind of trying to make sure there's something viable there. And across that mainstream offer, by making some of the tweaks around um, the, the presentation of the lessons, the, the pace of the lessons, we're trying to make them as inclusive as possible. But we don't think we can replace the school. And you'll have noticed in what I've said thus far, I haven't mentioned pupils with SDMH needs. And I, I, I'd be like, totally here for it if you wanted to challenge me on that because um obviously that's a huge part of our population but we thought it was really important that schools that we didn't try to replace what schools should be doing in that space and it'd be very difficult to offer something nuanced enough to be meaningful um and not actually maybe risk not helping and, and maybe um putting a clumsy resource in so there are some things we have chosen not to do because we think schools really should do that and should should preserve the space. And we could talk about how well they're able to do that, of course. But um, I think when you're creating an online resource, like being upfront about what you know you can't do as well as a school is quite important. And of course, you don't want to make it easier for schools to say, well, you know, just go home. You can learn from Oak Academy tomorrow. Yeah, and that's... I, I have had some really interesting Twitter exchanges recently where um, some parents have been fobbed off with, oh, you don't worry about not having a name school for September because you can use this. And I'm, that is not what this is for. That is totally inappropriate. We are not a school. This is a resource bank. That's a little bit like saying you can use Wikipedia, to be honest. It's not, it's not a good substitute. And there are some things that... Um, yeah, you, you, we, we don't think we can offer online, maybe others can, but um, yeah, not on. I think something that, that came to mind would be um, some things that maybe schools don't necessarily have time for um, in PHSE and emotional well-being. I mean, I know there's, there's mental health apps, you know, coming out of mm -hmm. everywhere, but, but things like, you know, budgeting and decision making and learning resilience, 
and things that you know maybe schools don't do so well because they don't have the curriculum space is there a would there be any call or is that kind of something that you might be thinking about yes yeah, so a lot of that content is being introduced in the next um, development stage so particularly around the pshe and citizenship content on the mainstream side and in our independent living side we've done a lot on sort of financial um, independence and healthy relationships um, and not and just for send no 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 um, so within our mainstream offer it's present as well um, but to be honest I think some of our um, specialist lessons are applicable right across that mainstream sphere to be, you know just because it's labelled as that doesn't mean that no one else can draw on it which is something I really like about Oak it was one of the things that appealed to me was that you could really cherry pick the resources um, from across the whole offer to where the child is right now in a way that's really hard in a traditional school where the timetable is what it is and the classes seem quite fixed uh, that there's nothing stopping a child um, working on lessons from different subject areas that they might not study or different um, year groups so I think it you could be quite creative with it um, and as long as as long as the child is enjoying and engaging um, you can deploy that kind of as works really you're not limited to what's in one category or in one subject um, can I ask um, at the moment your curriculum only goes up to year 10 uh, is there a reason for that and are you planning on adding any GCSE content or post 16 content yeah so um, originally the reason was capacity um, in the original sprint and kind of figuring out the the boundaries around what people had the time to do um, we are introducing a lot more key stage four content um, which um, is primarily GCSE content at the moment specific post 16 content that differs from the key stage four um, or key stage three content isn't on the cards but it is something a lot of people are asking about so I, you know we're hearing that um, then I think there are elements from across the curriculum that continue to be relevant and interesting so hopefully there are there are things there that can be used in that space and what about you know the next 10,000 hours so you've been funded for the first 10,000 hours but presumably lessons are going to be need to be updated as curriculum changes um, so things like you know black history climate change disability history all these things that we don't get in schools but are increasingly important for children to understand about if we're going to change the, the mindset of, of young people going forward and, and you know create a more equitable society it, is this a space that that can happen um, i think it's a potential space i mean the funding is kind of set for the moment um, and, and certainly on the history content space it was impossible and inappropriate to ignore what was going on alongside the development of this curriculum um, with the, the Black Lives Matter, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, movement, I suppose. And so that has been reflected within the curriculum plans um, for um, this curriculum and making sure that, you know, it's not, that, that it is a curriculum that works for as many children as possible is really important and that it is a, a curriculum that is relevant and resonates but you know could we do more yes um is that is this an opportunity yes um 
will the government keep funding it? I don't know. Um, we'll find out, I suppose. But it, I mean, it has been. And one of the things I'm really excited with, with the specialist offer is we've commissioned masterclasses in um, physical development and creative art, which um, are elite masterclasses and are relevant to anyone that's interested and and hopefully showcase that you know disability is not something over here actually our achievements are relevant and of value and of interest and import and i'm quite excited and i think that's quite powerful um and, and it could actually be used for adult education up. as yeah. well we well i spoke to um some colleges this week about um a, a number of things but um they were talking about um, the use, potential use for um, revision, because um, it could, it might not be how you choose to introduce materials necessarily if you're able to have face-to-face -face lessons, but actually for revising topics and recapping, it could be really useful. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again, and we really, really appreciate your time. Um, we hope that we've uh, helped kind of explain some of the things and some of the thinking going on behind Oak Academy and your plans moving forwards. Um, if parents have feedback on your content or you have, you know, teachers who want to perhaps you know, offer um, some quality lessons, how can they get in touch with you? Um, reach out to me on Twitter or get in touch with the Oak Academy. And thank you once again. We hope you'll come back with an update on how it's developing, maybe in six months' time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.